0: Welcome to the Weird World podcast. I'm Dean,
1: and I am Carrie.
0: We are a married couple who do, you know that already. (laughs) So today,
1: Uh, maybe this is our first time listening. Maybe so. No clue who Dean and Carrie are.
0: I have never met this woman. We met on a bus. Decided to do a (laughs) podcast about weird stuff together. Mm -hmm. Occasionally with our kids, but we don't know them because we have separate kids because we've never met each other. Now, Carrie. Is going to bring us a story that is in her oeuvre. It's about. Nobody knows what that means. It's a good word. I may or may not have used it correctly, but.
1: I'm going to harken back to an episode for which I did not look up the number. (sighs) That is so me. I know. It was actually episode 229.
0: Did our producer say that into your earpiece?
1: (laughs) No, I looked it up. And uh, that was in April, April 14th to be exact.
0: 2022.
1: Which was, yes, a podcast about free range kids. Remember free range kids? I do
0: remember free range kids. I'm still a little bit weirded out by the name <laughs> free range kids because it makes it sound like meat. And I don't I feel that's, yeah. So,
1: well, it was kind of a little, um, it did have a little resurgence in the U.S. What do you mean? People talking about it. Um, you know, that lady wrote a book
0: about it uh, after she let mostly, her nine-year-old. Mostly, I believe, from our podcast, but let's, no, let's choose insane. to believe that.
1: And the New York Times talked about it.
0: Who got the idea from our
1: podcast? <laughs> no. Anyhow,
0: I agree to disagree.
1: We are going to. I'm going to tell you another cute little story about some free-range kids. They weren't really free-range kids, but their name, we're going to call them the Pony Boys. The
0: Pony Boys. Which is super cute. Yeah, it is. Did they have actual names, or you not, they can't be named?
1: They do. Their names are Tony and Jeff Whittemore. Okay. This is the spring of 1967.
0: Oh, much more recent.
1: They are 9 and 11 years old. Hmm. And Too
0: young to be traveling by themselves, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> the school principal tells their mom that Tony, the, he's 11, The principal tells her, Tony can't read a map. Where are they at? They are in uh, Massachusetts.
0: Massachusetts. Needham, to be exact. Massachusetts. Which is near Boston. And Tony is... 11. uh, He's the 11-year-old. And he can't read a map.
1: According to the school principal. Mm,
0: Why would the school principal even know that?
1: Exactly. Tony's mom doesn't really like that. And the next thing little Jeff knows, he's the 9-year-old brother... He gets called into the kitchen by his mom, and she asks him if he'd like to go to the World's Fair. He says, sure, I guess. He didn't even know what it was. Mm-mm. Well, she asked him this because Tony had decided that he wanted to go to the World's Fair. He had heard about it. It was in Montreal. Montreal. This is, I guess, why the baseball team is called the Montreal That's Expos. exactly why
0: they're called the Expos. Were called the Expos. they now the Washington Nationals. They're oh. no longer in Montreal. Sadly.
1: Are there there's no Montreal? There's no Montreal Major
0: League Baseball team any longer. No.
1: Dang it. Well, Tony wanted to go to the expo. The Whittemore family had five children and the two parents, and they just the mom realized they just couldn't afford a trip Mm. like that. Mm. That would be expensive.
0: Montreal, I'm guessing is an expensive city.
1: And Tony's mom was not one you know, Tony said. He When he got an idea, he just had a hard time letting go of it. Yeah. And he had this idea that he wanted to go to the Montreal Expo. And his mom was the kind of mom who really believed in letting her kids have adventures and learn by doing things. There's a fine
0: line between that and borderline child abuse. But, but
1: she sounds like a real fun mom. Okay. Who allowed them to do a lot of stuff that they wanted to do.
0: Like drugs and <laughs> hanging out. With criminal. <laughs>
1: well, I get the feeling that all five kids turned out very well, and they had a, a pet Shetland pony named King, mm-hmm. and so they thought, well, Tony and his little brother Jeff could take their little Shetland pony, pulling a little pony cart from Needham, Massachusetts to Montreal.
0: They're going to take a Shetland pony uh-huh. from Massachusetts to Montreal. Uh-huh. Through, I, I, I'm i thinking like Maine or New York or something like that.
1: I don't know what their route was. It was about 350 miles. Jesus. And it was really their only option.
0: Okay. <laughs> was it? Uh-huh. You know there's another option not to go.
1: They thought it was great. Like I said, their mom was very supportive of their adventures. Their father, who they described as square. Okay.
0: I would describe as sane. wasn't really of the same responsible
1: mindset as mom, but you know it sounds like mom got her way. (laughs) Anyway, when it came to the kids, King was their ten year old Shetland pony. Like I said, he was the family pet that the kids had used to help them deliver newspapers and stuff like that. That sounds cruel, but so they had to start preparing for their trip. Their mom did help in that regard. They had to start by. Preparing King and learning how to take care of him, brush him, you know, do his hooves and mm. you know, feed him and all that kind of stuff. They trained for
0: six months, like a boxer. They took him uh-huh. on the road. They drove a car really slow and king and King had a jog <laughs> next to them and in like sweats and a towel. He's sweating mm. it out.
1: Well, they had to learn speed how bag. to speed bag. Take care of him all by themselves. Their mom got their tent ready. And Was there got, a montage involved in the
0: training of, of the Shetland Pony, I'm no. assuming? Can we, can we do a montage of that? Sure. And play Walking on Sunshine? <laughs> <laughs> and there, and she helped get their cart in order, Put a,
1: putting a basket under the seat to hold their clothes and stuff. AAA, the travel service at oh, the time, okay. gave them maps, mm-hmm. and they learned how to read them. And, and had to figure out their route.
0: And didn't stop this 9- and 11-year-old. It's like, what are you doing
1: with those maps? You're, <laughs> by,
0: you're by yourself with a pony. Okay.
1: Their mom wrote ahead, wrote letters ahead to all the township, townships that they would be passing through and asked them to be on the lookout for the boys.
0: <laughs> Please arrest your pedophiles <laughs> for just a couple of days.
1: So on the 4th of July... There was going to be a big Fourth of July parade in downtown Needham, and they were going to ride their pony cart in the parade and then go back home, pack up the
0: cart, and head out the
1: next day to so Montreal. So, knew this was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. They are in tremendous danger. <laughs> He's waited. Some scumbag knows he has two 9 11 by themselves that night, or well, maybe the next night, and simply followed their route, which I assume they told everyone about. It was a simpler time, Gene. No, it really wasn't. (laughs) This is 1967. Terrible things happened to kids doing this.
1: Well, there are pictures, and we'll post pictures, but there are pictures of the boys on their little pony cart wearing orange vests (laughs) over their shirts, (laughs) and what looked to me like fishing hats, but later they call them straw hats, so I'm not sure. They look Uh, like bucket fishing hats.
0: Bucket fishing hats?
1: You know bucket hat you know a bucket hat it's, is? it's
0: made like made out of canvas you put lures on them that's
1: what it looks like to me okay. but later Jeff calls it a straw hat yeah. so I'm not entirely sure um and they've got a handmade sign on the back of the seat of the cart that said Expo or bust nineteen sixty seven they
0: Free kids, is what they said. They said take one, <laughs> take two.
1: Both boys said they never even considered that the trip could be dangerous.
0: They were 9 and 11. Yes, there they were, were adults involved who should have known
1: that. <laughs> the first day, there was a torrential rainstorm, oh, and it no. poured rain, and that's when, Jeff says, soaked their straw hats.
0: Oh, I thought you were going Jeff was out. He went home immediately. <laughs> no. They said- <laughs> Tony was on his own.
1: The rain didn't last long, and when the sun came out, it was a gorgeous day. Oh. The second day, they were at a very hilly part mm. of their trip, and they would even have to walk the cart, um, on, you know, going up the hills for poor little king. So are they
0: sitting in the cart that the mm-hmm. Shetland pony is pulling? Yeah. What kind of cart is it? It's like a- not Like gonna, a little two-wheeled cart. Like a red flyer wagon, you know- no. not, I'll, I'll show you car. a picture okay. Huh Oh like, okay. like, like a little, like little horse cart kind Yeah of thing. Okay yeah, Got it I was, th- I was thinking of a wagon For some reason This whole time No
1: no no It's a pony cart Okay So Around this And you know King could only go About five
0: miles an hour Wow So they're King going pretty, pretty a slow ass Shetland pony. So the, uh, I don't think King trained enough I don't think He just trained Seriously enough Well
1: At this point They kind of notice A car is following them
0: you, There you go This is what I expected To happen
1: They did you a little scared and they were like talking to each other, like saying, "Don't turn around. Don't look. Try not to look. Don't look.
0: <laughs> be cool. Be fan. cool."
1: So when they did get to an area where there were a lot of people around and they felt safer, Tony decided to stop the cart and go back and ask those dudes in the car what they were what they were doing. Why were they following weird. them? <laughs>
0: Turned out to be a reporter and a photographer. You think they'd say something not to scare the shit out of these small children. I know. Go about your business. We're a reporter and photographer
1: from the Boston Globe. Hmm. So from that point on, they got pretty used to reporters following them on different parts of their were trip. Reporters following them? Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, I mean, not not all the time, but
0: you know, they'd
1: meet up with them and and report on what they were doing and take pictures and stuff like that. They were perplexed. They were thinking, "Why does anybody give a Crap about what we're doing. They thought this was just everyday kind of stuff kids did, and they couldn't fathom why anybody was interested Had in it. Have they not
0: heard about the original story from the 1930s that you told? A few uh, that, was ago. that was 1909. That was a major, major, major story. They should have known. They should they have done their know. homework.
1: Nope, they didn't know. So there were a lot of articles published about them with, like, you know, pictures of them in their cart, graphics of the, of their route and where they were stopping. See? I know that part didn't sound right. Incredibly very dangerous.
0: Again. Hey pedophiles, two small children alone. They'll be right through her on Tuesday. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: <laughs> and this is probably where they were called for the first time, the Pony Boys. Yes. In the newspapers. And
0: then they were trafficked. The end. <laughs>
1: Well, when they would come into your little township, people would want, you know, they'd come out of their homes and they'd walk alongside with them as they trotted down the street and talk to them. Cars would pull over, you know, they'd pass them, pull over, stop. Well, they're going five
0: miles an hour. You had to slow down your walk to keep pace with them.
1: Get out and then talk to them. They said they had a plan where they were going to stop and stay for like the first five days or so. But not like a plan on, you know, this is where we sleep and this is where we... Were they
0: going to like little motels or were they sleeping rough?
1: No. Remember the mom packed their tent? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like the first night, Tony said, you know, they were... It was like a residential area, and so they tried to pick a house that had like a. Seriously, nice, yeah. they're gonna put their tent on someone's lawn. Well, they the picked f- a house that had like a nice fenced-in yard for okay. King to be safe oh. while they were sleeping,
0: and said, "Can can yeah. we and a horse sleep yeah. spend the night here?" They
1: just go okay. knock on the door. All right. Never had a problem. Wow, never had to sleep in their tent.
0: What would you do if a 9-11-year-old with a Shetland pony knocked on our door and said, can we put our tent up here? What would you do? You'd call the police. Absolutely. You'd 100% call the police. (laughs) I would hope you'd call the police.
1: I'd say, what's your parents' phone number? I'm going to talk to your parents. These days, people would have a cell phone, and they'd they'd probably have a tracking device on them.
0: Okay, back in 1967, what would you have done? I don't
1: know. We'd Uh, have to call my mom and ask her what she would have done.
0: I don't understand your reaction to this. You can answer for yourself. Pretend you're in 1967. It's not your mom, it's you. You would call the police.
1: Anyhow, as I was saying, they never even had to sleep in their tent. People always ah. put them up either in an extra bedroom or in a barn or doghouse. Something. And they were always fed. People even helped them take care of their horse. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Well, very the horse nice. would
0: be their biggest selling point, in my mind. Selling ponies are pretty cool.
1: Yeah and from then on they you know they didn't really remember how they knew where they were going to stay or where they were going to stop each day they would wake up in the morning and they'd take care of king they'd brush him and feed him and you know check his hooves and all that kind of stuff they'd have breakfast and then they'd pull out their maps yeah. and they would try to plan out okay this is where we should probably get to here by noon and then they'd probably stop and eat sandwiches or whatever and then this is where we want to get to by you know, the end of the day. Where How many days was it again? Stop.
0: Was it 350 miles? How many days would they? did they plan on taking?
1: They figured it would take about a month. About a month?
0: Yeah. Jesus. So they had to stop and resupply and, you know, peanut butter and bread. I don't know. People they-
1: just gave them stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. They No, they never had to do anything. What? They, women made, you know, they fed them when they got there. They gave them dinner, put them up for the night, fed oh. them breakfast in the morning, and then, Give them a pack of sandwiches.
0: Wow, and some yeah. cigarettes, obviously, and then <laughs> be on your way,
1: huh? Yes,
0: they're lucky. Yeah, people were very nice. They were very nice, and there, you know, also, um, obviously, they they must have planned it this way, the route. But there are, it makes you realize, there are lots of little towns, yeah, all over the place in this part of the in this country. Yeah. So it's not a super well populated part of the country, but still, there's, there's little towns almost yeah. everywhere because five miles an hour doesn't get you that far in a day. Yeah, which is why it so, took. 27 days days to go. 27 days, okay.
1: I think it was 27 days, yeah. So Jeff says he thinks he wore the same thing every day. He doesn't remember ever changing clothes. So they were stinky. But like I said, their mom put the basket under the seat of the cart for clothes, so she did back stuff. But it's just like you know how you're a kid and you don't
0: really remember. 27 days? I I know. know. He
1: says he he thinks he wore the same thing every day. And by the end of the trip, neither one of them even had their sneakers anymore.
0: What were they wearing? So they were barefoot. barefoot? <laughs> yes. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> Remember walking around barefoot on a hot ass asphalt <laughs> when you were a kid? I was like, no. Yeah. Nowadays ah.
1: Well, their sister Wendy said back at home, they started getting phone calls, regular phone calls from people who were either very supportive or very
0: disapproving. Yeah. And I wouldn't call anybody, but I would quietly to myself be very disappointed. Yes,
1: you would. Some were super nice, and you know others were probably saying pretty rude things. Mm. Same thing with letters; they were started getting letters. Some were positive, some were very negative. The newspapers obviously didn't. I don't know why I say obviously, because back in the day, people the newspapers used to publish your address when they were Not writing this. about you. I don't think
0: this far anymore. Back in, but, but yeah, it's always amazing. This yeah, see from the 1920s. Bob Johnson, a witness, he was at 405 West 5th Street. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no, you just doxed him.
1: Well, they didn't publish their address, so people would just address the letters to the parents of Tony and Jeff who are on their way to Expo in Needham, <laughs> Massachusetts, <laughs> and it, they would get to them. Uh, so some would write that they really liked what the kids were doing. They thought it was... Nifty, nifty. That's the word they used. Sometimes they would even include a dollar or two oh. to help pay for expenses. Sure. There was one, at Denny's. Yeah, one person sent a check for ten dollars. Ten dollars mm-hmm. in nineteen
0: sixty-seven. That's worth four thousand dollars <laughs> in today's money.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. They also got, of course, the negative letters from people who thought the parents should be arrested and put in jail. So wait, the kids got those, or the parents got the those? parents? Okay, they were addressed to the parents of yes, the boys. I know. Okay, but, and. Okay. The, who you know, people thought the parents should be arrested and put in jail.
0: Were the kids in any contact with their parents? Were they able to make a phone call from some of these houses that put them up, I, I imagine? I don't know. I, I don't
1: know if they did or okay. not, to be honest. And, you know, th- thought that the state should get involved and remove the boys from the home. One letter said, you must be insane, exclamation point. Mm. Some. I feel like there was three exclamation points. Like that. <laughs> probably. Some letter writers also thought, they were being cruel to King, and you know, he was being abused. It's crossed
0: my mind. He's so, a little Shetland pony. He's not used to this kind of back-breaking labor.
1: Well, not only that, people were reporting it to the authorities. Mm. So at one point, while they were in New Hampshire, the SPCA came out, met them on the road, and gave King a little inspection. Ooh. They said he was perfectly healthy, oh, good. very well taken care of. Okay. Okay. He was actually a breed of pony that was bred to drag up carts of coal from the mines. Wow.
0: So this was actually luxury for him. Yes, this
1: was easy for him. They were not heavy.
0: He wanted to do this. He wanted to be owned by humans. Carrie, do you know who you sound (laughs) like now?
1: He was very strong and hardy. And he was, like I said, he was their pet. He loved them. He was great. The, their sister said he was probably the adult on the trip, okay. <laughs> taking care of the kids. Mm,
0: you kind of sound a little bit like driving Miss <laughs> Daisy's screenwriter at this point.
1: I'm right just there. reporting what uh-huh. they said. Uh-huh. So, of course, this was pre Walkman days. Pre, <laughs> I guess they didn't even. <laughs> you know, have not
0: a... by much for Walkman though. I don't think.
1: Oh, Walkman was mid. Oh wait,
0: you know, you're, no, now it was more late like seventies. I thought Walkman. I have no idea. Oh, not mid eighties. I think it's. I thought it was the early eighties, yeah, late seventies. So this yeah. is. I forgot. This is for some reason I had in my head. This is nineteen seventy-seven. This is nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, it was before, early, so, yeah.
1: early, very early eighties. They could have had a transistor radio, with batteries. that's what I was going to say. They could have had a transistor radio, but they didn't. No, oh. they just had each other to talk to for entertainment. As they started getting closer to the border in Canada, they were talking to each other about G. I wonder if it's going to be hard for us to get over the border. <laughs> we don't have any money, no, and they
0: can't speak French.
1: They don't have a plan on where they're going to stay once Jeez. they get there. Yeah, that might be. They wrong. were just headed to the expo. <laughs> what
0: is That's, your business here? I'm going to the expo with a pony. Where's your parents in Massachusetts? Leave. That's kind
1: of all they knew. So they got to their to the border on their 25th day. And the Canadian border officers were expecting them because it was big news. Everybody knew they were coming.
0: Is this the border with Quebec or did they have to go through another province?
1: Uh, I don't know because I don't know Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Not personally, you don't. No. Of Canada. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The border officers couldn't just let them through because they couldn't answer the questions correctly, like, Where are you going to stay tonight? And and you've been to
0: Canada. I have not been in Canada. You flew to Canada, though, right? No. Oh, you do? Okay. So, is it the border inspection? You don't need any. Uh, well, nowadays, I guess you do. But back then, you wouldn't have needed any kind of like a.
1: You don't need a passport. No. It's, no. It
0: was like Mexico previously. You just, they just got any fruit and they wave you on through. Yeah.
1: Something. I think when we went, we might have needed. Birth certificates or something. Hmm. I vaguely remember.
0: Or just a couple of loonies, if you know what I'm saying. They're corrupt. (laughs) We took a ferry. Just just kidding, Canada. Took a ferry, okay. Yeah. So,
1: But honestly, I have no recollection of border anything. Okay. So anyway, they were asked where they were staying, and they didn't have an answer. Mm -hmm. So they were held up for about- staying in Canada. (laughs) For about two hours until their mom
0: showed up. Their mom showed up? Yep. Oh, ah, that was a surprise. I think
1: they might have called their mom.
0: Ah, which well, got the there border two hours patrol. Yeah. Okay, well, that doesn't make sense.
1: Or, well, this makes me believe
0: that she's she already there, or, or she, she was. it. She was. She had to be already there because she's there in two or hours. Or
1: she was somewhere along the route.
0: Oh, she's secretly you know? following them the entire time in her station wagon that they should have easily <laughs> recognized.
1: I don't know if she was. But clearly, she planned on yeah. being near the border. Yeah, she had she, to be,
0: with, well, within two hours. Yeah. And a lot less than 350 miles. Yeah.
1: So. She probably had an idea. So they thought, you know, that their mom had nothing to do with their trip once they left home. They had no idea that she had any idea where they were or what they were doing. Afterwards, they realized she probably was more involved than than they thought. She probably was keeping some sort of track that's of scary. them. Yeah. So all those naysayers saying she belongs in jail. So two days later. She might still belong in jail, but
0: for (laughs) very different reasons.
1: Their 27th day. They make
0: it to the expo. She was actually heroin heroin mule. Little known fact. There were people
1: waiting for them, cheering them on. They were greeted by the RCMP, oh. a Royal Canadian Mounted. I'm Police.
0: assuming riding moose as they do in their red uniforms and the big hat.
1: No, he wasn't a red uniform and a big hat on a big horse.
0: He wasn't a horse.
1: Yep. Oh, neat. And King got real excited when that big horse really? started plopping <laughs> up terrified? to them. The <laughs> they were asked by tons of people for autographs. They were basically treated like celebrities, and then they were ushered into a room with. All the international press wanting to interview them. So mm-hmm. here, imagine a little nine-year-old and eleven-year-old, and all the cameras and microphones and
0: the whole that would be media bank shouting questions at them. Yeah, Tony, 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 <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. Yep.
1: Jeff said he was silent the whole time, and that <laughs> Tony handled all of the questions. Was Tony
0: the older one? I forget. Yeah, he couldn't t- read maps because the ton- ones yeah. knew. <laughs>
1: Tony was the older one who learned how to read maps very well. They're I would right say because he got them to Montreal. So later, the newspapers all reported that Jeff was very shy oh, because he didn't well, answer yeah. any questions. He's also nine. <laughs> they were given the VIP treatment, they were taken everywhere. Jeff later had to ask the nine year old, had to ask his mom what a VIP was because he was told he was a VIP and didn't know what it was. Tony said he thought the expo was a hoot and it was way better than he expected. They had lots mm-hmm. of fun. They got to spend a few days going around all the exhibits and do special things that other people didn't get to do. There was some car that, like he said, it was cut in half and and the whole thing exploded open, like it opened up, and they got to go sit inside of it. Huh. It's uh, yeah. I'm not gonna um, lie. I'm
0: not a million percent sure what you do at expos and what they're for, what they're what they're supposed to do. Is it just? A sh- I mean, is it? Like don't they have commerce like, and you know? I like- think so. Products and this is uh, this is you know
1: the home of the future. And, yes, yeah. things like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, there's Are like, here's lots. The great potato grown in Ontario. This <laughs> probably
1: lots of great food. They probably like plenty of rides uh, and stuff. A lot of
0: deep fried coke. A deep picture fried funnel cake. They threw up a lot.
1: There's a picture that I saw that had what looked like a Disneyland people mover. Oh, you know, yeah, like the raised. Yeah, 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 Wasn't there a monorail at a one? Monorail. Um, monorail. World Expo and I stuff think like that. Was.
0: I yeah, think there was all that kind. Of, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, there was. Was this the one? No, it was earlier. There at one at a New York Expo, there was a house built for nuclear war. Oh, they built nice. it fifteen feet below, like fifteen feet of cement, and it was like twelve thousand square feet. It had ten rooms. Oh, it was wow! And like a fake, a big window with a fake garden scenery outside. Yeah. it was like this is the house of the future to when we're going to get bombed. Right, nice. And it supposedly, no one knows what happened to it. Yeah. The builder of it didn't... Maybe didn't demolish it, so there may still be a 12,000 oh. square foot underground house somewhere in New York built for its expo. I forget wow, which year, 1950s, yeah. I want to say, but early 60s, something like that. Huh. So, yeah, so this expo, they go there and they eat a lot of funnel cake and mm-hmm. they see a lot of boring expo- exhibitions and then they see a monorail. They didn't
1: think it was boring, remember?
0: Okay. Tony said it was a hoot. Okay. All right. Well, they were nine and eleven.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, the nine-year-old said he thought it was fun, mm-hmm. but he really thought the real adventure was the ride there. He's right, getting there. How they get home, you might wonder.
0: Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I've
1: well, there was a family <laughs> in Montreal or right outside of Montreal. I think they lived on a farm, and they, you know, they were allowed to stay there, and they rigged their dump truck. Into, I guess, some sort of thing so that it could carry King home. Oh. So they drove King and Tony.
0: <laughs> but not Jeff. No, Tony got <laughs> to ride. behind in... and became a Canadian citizen, as a matter of fact.
1: Tony got to ride in the back with King oh, okay. of the dump truck. You know, it probably took him six hours to get home, you know, to mm. drive 350 miles in a truck. Yeah. And
0: not twenty seven days, good lord.
1: Jeff actually got to fly in an airplane for the first time in
0: what? his life Wait, because. How are they separated like that?
1: A bank had heard about this whole little expedition, and they decided to sponsor the whole family to go to the expo. Oh, that's so the nice. rest of the family got to go to Montreal. They paid for them and everything, hmm. and then they paid for them to fly back home.
0: The bank of Quebec.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it wasn't a a thing. Could have been a Massachusetts bank. I don't know. Okay. After they got home, they were celebrities. Yeah. Tony even got to appear on an episode of To Tell the Truth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yes. Did they have two? Wasn't that a thing where Mm -hmm. somebody they all pretended to be the same person or something like that?
1: Yep. There's like I don't know three or four other. There's three
0: kids, three little boys. Seen like clips in... Yeah, of, of, of it when like crazy things happen or something. Yeah, a bit.
1: and they all start by saying, "My I'm, name's yeah. Tony Whittemore, and I, you know, rode a pony cart to, to the Canada. Montreal okay. Expo yeah. 1967." And then some other little kid says the same thing. Uh-huh. Some other
0: fake actor kid yep. says that.
1: Yeah, huh? Three little kids, and then. They use the, you know, the adult celebrities yeah. have to ask them questions and huh. try to
0: figure out which one's telling the truth. I think that's how so, uh, young Sylvester Stallone got his first break. Yeah, was, probably. Uh, I <laughs> I'm Tony Woodmore.
1: But pretty quickly, they just got back to their regular life. King mm-hmm. lived for more than 20 more years. Wow. And he was 10 years old at the time. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go on limb and say that's
0: 30 years. Yeah,
1: over 30 years. Wow. Shetland ponies live a long time. Eventually, all the kids moved out of the house, and King well, was still
0: there. I hope so. <laughs> it's like, can you just die? The mom
1: said all the neighborhood kids would come over, and they'd want to help take care of King.
0: Decrepit Shetland pony that could barely move, was deaf, blind in one eye, shit himself. Sorry. Well,
1: I became aware of the story of Jeff and Tony Whittemore through... A New York Times Op Doc. They op have an op, doc? it's called Op Docs series, mm. documentary series. Mm. And so the, the documentary on the New York Times website was made by a filmmaker named Eric Stange. I thought it was strange. There's no R, so it's Stangy. He is a documentary filmmaker. He's actually a neighbor of Jeff. Jeff lives oh. four, well, at the time lived four doors away from him, but he'd heard about the story from a mutual friend who was another neighbor about huh. 10 years before he made the documentary. That's,
0: he always thought it was a great story. It's like, do you know Jeff? Did he lose Yeah, he went to Canada as a young boy when he was nine, uh-huh. of course. Okay, tell me more. I'm a documentarian. That's exactly
1: what he did. And so Jeff told him the whole story and he thought, oh my God, this would make a great yeah. documentary. And then you know, life happens for 10 years, he's working on other things. And then he decides, I'm finally going to make that documentary. And then the pandemic happened. Uh, But he still made it. And so a lot of it is like shot, he's doing interviews and stuff. It's his living room, because, you know, he said it was great, not having to go anywhere, just to have everybody come to him, shoot everything in his own house. And their mom, who had passed away by that time, she had kept a scrapbook so she had all kinds of newspaper articles and pictures and stuff like that and the filmmaker had a researcher who who tried to find like newsreel footage and stuff like that so she was able to find a little bit there's mm. not a lot but
0: yeah local news to the extent there was there was local news covering them would have never kept that footage I mean.
1: yeah they think there probably was a lot more at the time never, yeah. but yeah You'd have saved. to go to
0: all the little newspapers along the route and mm-hmm. look in their, you know, physical from 1967. Yeah. Good lord.
1: Yeah. But it is it is kind of fun. And she did a good job. And there's some, you know, a lot of cute pictures and stuff. And, you know, news crews, well, a photographer and a reporter would follow them in cars. In so the there is, is a, fan. So there's there's like some footage of them clippity clopping down the road in their little cart. Sure. It's okay. cute. So and it's still available on the New York Times website, and it is not behind the paywall. So you don't have to be a subscriber to watch it.
0: Right. But you do have to be a subscriber to play Wordle.
1: Yes. Well, but you don't have to pay for
0: it. Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah. Okay.
1: So real quick, you think those are the only stories of kids doing cross-country treks? At a I'm, young age, the way you're asking for weird that, purposes, I'm going to say no.
0: There is others. There are others.
1: I happen to find one more free range child. Oh. This one is, you'd expect it.
0: What it's is Australia.
1: That?
0: You would expect it from Australia. Yes. I believe you just slurred a no. nation.
1: This seems like a very Australian kind of thing. Does it? Yeah. I suppose it does. Why? Well, yeah, kids okay. trekking across the country and their hats on their horses. <laughs>
0: That's why the horses... Okay. Saying g'day, mate. Yeah. We're on our way to Sydney.
1: This is... You 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 said you thought the other one was in Queensland.
0: the 1930s? Uh, no, the yeah. The original Abernathy Boys? Yeah, that was 1909, though. You told well, me. Well, this one
1: me. is 1932. <gasps> 1932? Oh, yes. my. Lenny Gweifer. I'm not ever going to... Lenny? Lenny. He's the okay. little boy. I'm going to tell you about Lenny's amazing journey. Hell he was Lenny? Well, he was born on April 18th, nineteen twenty two. So ten. Nine. Well, he was nine when the started. Okay. So he is notable because he took a solo horseback ride from Leongaffa or Leongaffa right. in Wurrail Shire, okay. Victoria.
0: <laughs> I feel like you're mangling that, but
1: Okay. W O O R A Y L. I'll
0: go with whatever you just said.
1: Warrail Shire. It's in Victoria. It'll be
0: Rosshire.
1: Mm-hmm. Victoria.
0: Okay. He That's wanted to down go to south east,
1: I think. I don't know, but he wanted to go to Sydney. Okay. Because for the, uh, you know, the big Sydney Harbour Bridge oh. opening, it was a big deal.
0: What, oh, okay.
1: Because what was happening in nineteen thirty-two?
0: Depression.
1: There was a yes. Okay. Was <clears> that <throat> did I get it right? But yeah, there okay. was a oh, depression. There, something else. His father. Was a World War I veteran, and when he returned, he, he was an, an Anzac guy, okay. and he had a really bad leg injury, mm. and you know, while he was gone, little Lenny was just a little kid, but he had to yeah. basically run the family farm. Oh, my. Yeah, and when his dad came back, he was injured,
0: so Lenny had to keep... Wait, Lenny was born in 1922, so his mm-hmm. dad was back before he was born, so... Because World War One ended in 1918.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It says uh, in his absence. A little, a little
0: confusing. It'd take a long time coming back from the war. <laughs> I think I'll stay here a while.
1: Well, you know, it's maybe maybe his father had to go away because of his injury and get treatment and stuff, sure for and then at come least back
0: for a long time. Well, yeah, he come back, impregnate his wife, leave again.
1: No, I don't think it was the whole entire time.
0: Well, let's never mind the timeline.
1: It doesn't matter. Okay. But anyway, Lenny had a lot of responsibility on the family farm. Okay. And his parents, their names were Claire and Leo, mm-hmm. saw what a hard worker he was and how dedicated he was. So when he said he really wanted to go to Sydney
0: all by himself. So to, he said, literally, I want to go by myself. Yeah. I don't want you to take me or come with me. Yeah. Wow.
1: To witness the, the opening of the Harbor Bridge because little Lenny also had a horse. Yeah. His trusty horse was named Ginger Mick.
0: Ginger Mick.
1: And this horse was born on the same day as Lenny and was given to Lenny as a gift by his grandfather when he was two years old. So they had, I'm imagining they had a very special little boy horse relationship.
0: Okay. (laughs) The less said about that, the better.
1: Dean, you got to make everything
0: gross. No, the way you, okay.
1: Well, at this time. A
0: boy horse relationship. What am I supposed to say?
1: (laughs) A boy and his horse, like a boy and his dog. It's sweet it. and heartwarming. Okay. The subject of a Disney movie. I can't believe there hasn't been a Disney movie made mm-hmm. about these things. It probably has. So anyway, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. because of the depression and such, yes. <laughs> the building of the Disney Harbor or Disney, Disney Harbor, the Sydney Harbor Bridge. It's now actually the Disney Harbor. <laughs> <sponsored by laughs> yeah, Disney. I wouldn't be surprised. It was a big deal. It was a it was massive, and it was an engineering marvel, mm-hmm. and it put a lot of people to work. That was the idea. Same yes. reason
0: for the Golden Gate Bridge.
1: Correct. So it was the largest of all single span bridges in the world. Wow! The si- width uh, was
0: it between Sydney? Is it's got some islands? I think right was that the was that what it cross spanned or did mm. it span a river? Or do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I need to know more about Sydney's geography.
1: Okay, you can look it up. Okay, but anyway, the the bridge was so wide it allowed for six lanes of traffic, as well as. Horse Train lane. and tram lines.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's a big that's bridge. a big-ass
0: bridge. I don't like those kinds of bridges. Oh. Let's and, go to Sydney just to go across yeah. that bridge with you on Valium.
1: Well, he was fascinated by the construction of the bridge and was very excited to go to the opening. I imagine there were newsreels and stuff. Sure. That <laughs> you can still see. Yeah. Scares the shit out of me. Just? just look, no, watching the building of it. Oh, like you know, the it ends, it's cut off, and there's guys just hanging off of it and standing <laughs> on nothing.
0: It's scary. Wow. Gravity, and you know, standing on something, it's
1: not in this article, but I would venture to say some people probably lost their lives Good. building that. Now, bridge. now who's being a downer? Kerry? well, I'm just saying,
0: gotta bring that up. Okay,
1: so once his parents gave him the go ahead, he started on his. Trip right away. So there's
0: no this okay,
1: sure. Mm-hmm. Take
0: the horse. The, well,
1: there's a little preparation, okay. but he started on the third of February, nineteen thirty-two.
0: What this distance is from uh, to Sydney?
1: Mm-hmm. From like a town well, Victoria. To Sydney.
0: <laughs> um,
1: the total trip was like twenty-five hundred kilometers round trip, or yeah.
0: Okay, well then, so twelve hundred yeah. and fifty-ish each way. Yeah. Let's, let's say.
1: But I think he took a different route home than he took there. Uh, so, I was thinking, I don't know why I don't have it here, but I thought it was like around 800 kilometers to get there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. took took a scenic route on the way back mm-hmm.
1: there. Okay. He brought a letter. Is that, Miles? I don't know. Damn you. He brought a letter with him that was from the Shire President.
0: <laughs> Wait, President? Yes. As a president of a small town in Victoria. Correct. That just, that's weird. Yes,
1: And the letter was addressed to the Lord Mayor of Sydney.
0: Okay. Now they need to think about their titles, but okay.
1: Yeah. Lenny had to face quite a few challenges along his route, including a brush fire oh. that was ranging at Traralgon. Wow. <laughs> Traralgon.
0: Traralgon. take me away.
1: He did go through Canberra. Canberra. Whatever. Capital. Mm-hmm. And of course, he became the media sensation. Yes. It was a big deal.
0: Why can't we do this with our kids? If we had known about this, <laughs> we would have made our kids go oh, someplace sure far away have. by themselves, become celebrity, sign some marketing deals, write a book. Damn it. We would not it was Movie a big rights. deal.
1: It was a big deal for our kids to walk about a quarter of a mile to the gas station to get a Slurpee. We should have turned that
0: into a story. (laughs) Our kids, by themselves, walk to get a Slurpee.
1: Well, he even got to meet the Prime Minister of Australia. Who was? Joseph
0: Lyons. Joseph Lyons.
1: Yep. Lenny and Ginger Mick were greeted by people all along their route, just like our other... Free range yeah, boys see, were it. People offered him food and you lodging sponge off the countryside yeah, like yeah, he was given food and lodging All along the way By the month of March After about seven weeks He finally reached Sydney Seven weeks, mm-hmm. good lord He was famous yeah. By the time he got there All the press were gathered in Sydney To, to interview Lenny and find about his experiences Along the way
0: He was on all the chat shows, it was huge
1: he j- he looks super cute in his little, you know, in his little coat, and they call it like a southwester hat. It looks like Gorton's Fisherman oh, kind of hat, okay. where, you know, it's short uh-huh. in the front, and then it hangs a lot lower in the back. I think Harry had a mullet. You're and mistaken. he's riding his horse, and I don't know. It, it looked like he was a big deal. He was ri- and I think he rode in like a parade to leading up to the, they ha- were having like a big event, you know, the opening of the bridge. Well, yeah. And he got to ride in it. He got to ride across the bridge Uh, on Ginger Mick. uh, So when he got there, he met Lord Mayor, the Lord Mayor in Sydney Town Hall. And that's when he was invited to be part of the Sydney Harbor Bridge opening ceremony. He got to actually stand on the official dais with Ginger Mick. (laughs) So it must have been a big dais to watch the bridge being opened. And then after the opening of the bridge, he also visited Circular Quay. Don't know what it is. Mm, It's a thing. Taronga Zoo. Nope. Bondi Beach.
0: Bondi Beach.
1: And many other places nearby. He also, and this was probably a highlight for him, received a cricket bat signed by Don Bradman, who was his cricket hero.
0: Sure. He was huge. Hell of a cricketer.
1: Yep. No idea. I have no idea either. He had arranged to catch a boat to get back to Leongatha from Sydney. Maybe that's why
0: it took more (laughs) time. Nope. Oh, he didn't catch his boat?
1: No, because he was getting so much attention and was having such a great time riding Ginger Mick that he convinced his father to allow him to ride back again.
0: He sued for emancipation and (laughs) lived in Sydney. Because I think his father came out to Sydney, too.
1: So he actually celebrated his 10th birthday on the journey. It was a four-month round trip. So it... It only took him like a month to get there, right? you uh, said seven or, weeks. Oh, seven so weeks. Yeah, so,
0: so a little bit longer. So they they took yep. the scenic route. They're probably going. Are they going to like events and people are inviting them to stop on the way back and things like that?
1: Uh, possibly. I don't. You know. That would I don't make know. sense. Yeah. Big story. And when he got back, he was greeted by around 800 people at a Eight? civic reception. That's
0: more than the population. They, of they that were throwing time, for I'm him. Assuming.
1: They were very proud of. Yeah, uh, right their newly famous resident, Lenny.
0: You know who I'm proud of? Ginger Mick? Yeah. Do you know what kind of horse it was? Uh Uh-uh. Appaloosa? I'm going to say Pinto? Nope. Damn it.
1: He grew up to become an engineer at General Motors' Australian Holden plant Ah. in Fisherman's Bend in Melbourne. Melbourne? Mm Mm-hmm. So he had a passion for engineering marvels and machinery. And horses. And... That became what he did for the rest of his life. Okay. His story was kind of largely forgotten in Lee and Gatha for a long time. And then I think in the last, I don't know, five or six years, they erected a statue.
0: In his hometown, you
1: mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. A statue of him as a little boy and Ginger oh. Mick.
0: So is he dead? Is he alive? Yes. He okay.
1: died in, I think, 1992.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. 70. 70. Okay. Yep. After a successful career of GM uh-huh. and um, the Ginger Mick. What uh-huh. happened to him?
1: I imagine he also died. Probably <sighs> before badmander. Lenny did. Okay. And Yeah, there was nothing on Ginger Mick. Hmm. Cute little Australian boy story. Yes.
0: Next week, Kara will have four more free range kids <laughs> stories, but they're called Refugees.
1: I think we'll be done with the free range kids. Okay. But I thought that was fun. That was
0: fun. I had not heard about any of these stories. Of course you haven't. No. Well, okay. But no, they're interesting. (laughs) I bet you will find more. If you find more, um, just tell me about it in private.
1: I probably will. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> i i want to i want to hear some stories about girls doing adventurous yeah. things
0: well that's what we'll do our first granddaughter if we ever have one <laughs> boom we're gonna send her off on her own at the age of i want to say four she's gonna have to one like, up these people
1: learn how to fly a plane or something like that no, to be that's a big been deal.
0: No, not at four no. yeah okay you're right that's hugely responsible and um sometimes people die doing that so i know i wouldn't allow it terrible idea well, thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Dean. For the another story, a twofer yeah. of Free Rangers. I like it. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Until next time, this is the Weird World Podcast.
1: It is, and we thank you so much for listening. See ya. Bye.